Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, it's Mraz. A happy thirsty Thursday to you. We continue the farewell week and special mystery guests. It's the best of the DA show now. Let's begin with college football and Northwestern. Because a couple of weeks ago... Northwestern made the dramatic pivot away from a two-week suspension for Pat Fitzgerald, their legendary player-slash-coach. And I say legendary because he certainly had the most success out of any coach in Northwestern program history and was also the most decorated player as well. Northwestern goes from a two-week suspension to firing him in the matter of 48 hours because I think the streets got too hot. And maybe more information brought to their attention. And with the accusations from the player who started this, the whistleblower, was that there was hazing rituals that included a sexual nature of some, nudity for some, and that it was institutional, it was widespread, and players were manhandled, groped, thrusted upon, embarrassed, what have you. And many people thought at the moment, well, might just be one whistleblower. So do you have to look a, with, a, with a side glare at that? Including myself, considering the reputation of Pat Fitzgerald, you know, one player says one thing, and there's years of other players looking at it a different way, you wonder, okay, is this just one person's interpretation of it? Then, when we found out the returns on the investigation, the private investigation, at least some of the the details, we didn't get all of them, it was 11 former players, current and former players, admitted there was some form of hazing. Okay, so now... We drain a little bit more of the water and see a little bit more of the iceberg. And now you have a, an attorney collecting voices and players, and there were four players with a press conference yesterday, four former players whose identities are now public, speaking about it, saying that this was a real situation, that there was hazing and embarrassment and humiliation and it had severe mental repercussions on the players and now there's going to be a lawsuit 
and we start seeing maybe a little bit more. So I wouldn't sit here and tell you that I could know or would know or will know the severity of this or the truth of this. Don't know. Don't know if we'll ever know the full truth of it. But I think it's important to remain open-minded about both sides. Either this could have really been damaging to a lot of young people or that the coaching staff was unaware or Pat Fitzgerald specifically was unaware that maybe the the type of thing was happening. But my takeaway from yesterday's press conference with four former players and now maybe more details or accusations or stories behind it is that we went from a lot of people, almost everybody saying, I can't see Pat Fitzgerald overseeing this. High character, high quality individual, always did things the right way. You heard a lot of that. To now, is it possible that Fitzgerald's reputation is permanently tarnished? It is where we begin. You're cold open. I applaud these young men for having the courage to come forward to say that we won't suffer in silence any further and that we're going to try to say something so this won't happen to the next young person who's conflicted and nervous and confused when they're being hazed or they're being forced to haze others, when they're being dry humped, when they're being made to simulate football uh, activities in the nude, when they are being given alcohol even though they're underage, they are coming forward to say that enough is enough, the culture must stop, and we must make a more fair, inviting, and respectful community. I don't believe it! The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, heart-rending. It's DA's top story. Here he goes! It's your cold open. Okay, so that was civil rights attorney Ben Crump. And Crump says that 50... 5-0 former Northwestern players have spoken to the law firm. And this is not just a football thing. This is across multiple sports. But Fitzgerald has been the face of Northwestern athletics for a while now, dating back to his playing days back in the 90s. He is one of the greatest players ever to play for the program and then the most successful coach for the program. He's been part of that program for 25 years. So he is the one that stands to, to have the most to gain or the most to lose out of all of this. And my thinking has been, we've had former coaches here on the show, media members here on the show discussing Fitzgerald. And again, there is a very common theme of high character, walk away saying that guy is a true professional and all these glowing things. And I, I wonder if somebody of such high character could really not know something that seems to be pretty debilitating for a lot of athletes was happening. 
And I do give coaches some grace. I think it is virtually impossible to know everything that happens all of the time within your program if you're overseeing a coaching staff of 30 to 50, that includes recruiting staff, et cetera, maybe more. And then you have all of these players as well, 100 of 100 players, and you were going from game planning to recruiting to coaching on game days to travel to banquets to donors to administration. There is a lot to handle, and, and I could understand not knowing everything that happens. And so to try to, to thread the needle, either people had Pat Fitzgerald pegged completely wrong, that this was a guy that didn't care or didn't care to know if his players were getting physically abused or embarrassed or humiliated or whatever. When people said he's got an open door policy, maybe he didn't unless it was something that you knew was safe and that players didn't think that challenging the culture was safe to go to him for. But maybe also Pat Fitzgerald was a tough guy that came of age and played college football during a different time in the 90s. And it is possible that when you are that dominant as a personality and you're that powerful within an operation and you come from a certain culture, which in the 90s, I'm sure all of this stuff was far more rampant across the country, maybe you never think that it really was wrong and that you kind of say the right things and you do the right things otherwise, but that maybe you never change your outlook or perspective. And that maybe if people complain, you're like, look, I dealt with this, we dealt with this, and I was better for it. I don't know. I don't know the answer to this, but I, I do think this is really interesting because when it happened, everybody said this is so shocking because Pat Fitzgerald just, he never gave off the vibe of a guy that, that would be crude or overly dismissive of some player's problem or something like this. And now... The more that this snowball builds, the more that you see it wasn't just one whistleblower. There seems to be a lot of names attached to this, a lot of people that agree with this, and now multiple players that are putting their personalities out there, their names out there, their identities out there, that are willing to say, I know I'm going to be a target and criticized, but no, this happened. So I, I really find this to be quite interesting of something that people thought they knew about Fitzgerald or his program and the reality of it seeming. And I would include myself because I was originally very skeptical that first day when we had this news. But boy, this this has picked up quite a lot of momentum. 855-212-4CBS or on Twitter, DA on CBS. We've done the show Hey Watch now for a while and... Ain't that something? The Angels come out of the All-Star break and they've got a two and a half week lead until they got to trade or keep Shohei. And the deal is, well, we'll see who they are with these two and a half weeks. And they'll know whether they're a contender or not. And at that point in time is when they can decide what to do with Shohei. And more than likely... This is not a great Angels team. 
and they're going to run up against some good squads. And more than likely, they're going to learn that they're not that great, and they'll end up having a trade show, hey. And what happened? Well, they lost two of three from the Astros, but now have swept that team in the Bronx. And the last two games were 5-1-7-3, and the Astros are now a game over 500 just a pulse enough to make them feel like we can't trade Otani. It's the perfect bear trap to have now walked into. Are we good now? Maybe we are good. We just swept the pinstripes, right? And the, the reality of it is that team of the Bronx is terrible right now. Really, totally putrid and terrible. To the point where fans such as Mraz have given up on the season. It's over. On to football. We're done here. It's not even August. We are done here. And so it's not really a great gauge, but it still feels like it's something for the Angels. And so this is this awful in-the-middle dance where the Angels are like, well, if we're definitely not, send us a sign, God. Send us a sign. If we're definitely not good, we can trade Shohei. Oh, man. Well, if we're really good, we won't trade Shohei. And now you lose two of three to the Astros, but you sweep a, a bad team in the Bombers, and you're like, maybe we are good. Oh, I don't know. I don't think we're good. What? Next up, the Pirates, then the Tigers. And the Blue Jays before, they've got to decide what to do. What to do? Will you actually get a clear sign? Eh, I don't know. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. CBS presents this program in color. An educated person can't think he's going to get a recruit by uh, strippers coming in. They can fire you, but they can't eat you. And they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. The audio you need to hear. It's DA Soundcheck. You can listen to the DA show across hundreds of affiliates nationwide, as well as Sirius XM channel 158. And you can stream us on your free apps. Use the free Odyssey app or the free CBS Sports app. We begin with Bears quarterback Justin Fields on the All Things Covered podcast. Where would he rank in terms of rushing quarterbacks all time? Being a historian of the game, watching the game, mm-hmm. if you had to rank your top five quarterbacks in regards to running. In regards to running? Yeah. All and right. you can throw yourself in the list, too. Oh, I am. Because I definitely think I am. Uh, okay, so start with Justin. He's in the top five I'm running I'm in the top five, no order, but I got to go with my boy Mike Vick. Yep. Um, got to go with Cam. Uh, Lamar, of course. Yeah. Me, and then final... Steve Young. Not a bad top five, but Justin Fields isn't there yet. Mike Vick is clearly the number one. Mike Vick is the greatest scrambling quarterback that's ever lived. Number two is actually Randall Cunningham. Cunningham created the prototype for a scrambling quarterback. Number three is Lamar Jackson. And Lamar might end up surpassing Randall. I don't think he can surpass Mike Vick because Vick at his peak was so fast and so undeniably electric with the ball in his hands that he could make everybody on the field miss. Justin Fields ain't nowhere close to those guys. Fields is good, but Fields is a very good modern scrambling quarterback. He is not an all-time great scrambling quarterback. Now I get you got to have confidence in yourself. Is Steve Young a top five? Young at his best may have been a top five all-time, but it's it's a little hard to, to quantify him versus the modern guy because, like, is Kyler Murray a better scrambling quarterback than Steve Young? Steve Young was known more as a scrambling quarterback because so few quarterbacks of that era were mobile like that. You had a lot of stationary pocket passers back in the 80s and 90s, so he stood out. Think about Troy Aikman. Aikman was the standard for a quarterback. He never moved like Steve Young. But Young compared to today, John Elway was a great scrambling quarterback, great mobile quarterback. Compared to today, you might consider Patrick Mahomes to be more mobile than John Elway and Steve Young were. So it's a tough one. But Fields is not a top five all time. Well, and a couple of things. Number one, he's not even the top quarterback besides Lamar Jackson right now. Josh Allen is a better quarterback than Justin Fields. I mean, that's the problem with Buffalo. They can't stop running Josh Allen because he's such a horse. Um, yeah. Now, I would I would say probably that Fields is a little bit more elusive, but that Josh Allen's a little harder to bring down. Yeah. I mean, I, there's plenty of games where on one of the best teams in football, Allen is the leading rusher, too, you know, on and part of the reason why they're that good. Secondly, if you want to argue against Fields now or Young, I mean, it seems weird because we trash now. Cam Newton was awesome. He brought up Cam there. Oh, he, Cam was in the top five? Yeah. And I listened to the clip. Okay, five. I'll shut up now. And Cam, 
I think has to be in the top five, yeah, because Cam was powerful and strong and fast. NFL MVP. At his peak, yeah, Cam was was one of the great running quarterbacks of all time. Here is Nick Saban at SEC Media Days. Any pregame music that gets him fired up? Most players have a go-to song or artist that kind of get them locked into the game. I'm curious what is on a Nick Saban pregame uh, hype playlist for you. I don't understand this question. Say that again. What's like your go-to music choice? What are you listening to? What are you and Terry uh, listening to? Next question. Well, you know, we, we, we don't, I don't really listen to music before the game. Um, you know, we always play Gimme Shelter going home, you know, after the game. But I don't listen to music before the game. I'm kind of thinking about, you know, have we covered everything we need to cover? That's amazing. Did I hear probably the Alabama SID in the background say next question? Yep. Next question. Well, you know, we, we, we don't, I don't really listen to music. I mean, is that that daunting of a question? Is it that silly? It's preseason. It's July. We're not allowed to ask Nick Saban if he has something that he listens to. Now, maybe you know you're not going to get an answer that's really all that interesting, but hearing Nick Saban kind of describe how uninteresting he is is kind of interesting. I don't mind that question. I don't mind it at all. And the idea that he needs to be protected from that line of questioning is pretty silly. Uh, you know what that is? That's a burned-down SID who's dealt with this for many years with Saban and how he is. That Saban can't really play along. Right. Saban doesn't know how to play along. He also said that carrot cake's the best cake yesterday. Did I see that? And that's the other thing. Saban has started to get a little bit sillier in recent years. He does that, doesn't crack a smile, doesn't show any personality, but kind of in a very dry tone, does say something that he knows is going to be kind of funny. I mean, he was talking about his grandma baking cakes when he was asked yesterday about who's going to be the starting quarterback and when are they going to be named. And he's like, well, I remember Grandma Saban used to make the most delicious cakes ever. I was there in front of the oven and I was waiting for that cake to come out and grandma said I can't take out that cake till it was all done or else it's gonna be just a bunch of mush so he knows that those things are funny he knows this yeah he does but isn't he a little deprived if his grandma's baking carrot cakes and he's fooled into thinking those are the best cakes well carrot cake is not good yeah and by the way at best it's fine at best look I'm gonna I'm gonna side on the the thictators line of uh, in the sand here. If I've got a cake to eat, the carrot one is the least appetizing, enticing one out there. Could it be a good carrot cake for carrot cake? Sure, it could be moist. It could taste relatively sweet. It could be fine. But if I'm eating cake, if I'm gonna do the cake thing. The last cake I want is the vegetable cake. No doubt about it. The last cake I want is the fruit cake or the carrot cake. It basically tastes like horse food ground up amongst flour. All right, relax. Relax. It's it's not terrible. Come on. I like carrot cake. That's personally one of my favorites. <laughs> That's not surprising. <laughs> I'll shut up. This is how carrot cake goes. You're like, oh, yes, cake. Oh, it's carrot cake. <laughs> All right, I'll eat it. Okay, it's not that bad. 
I don't need it again. No, if you go to a birthday party and that white box pops open and you see that little carrot emblem on the white icing, there's an immediate this from the crowd. Oh. Carrot cake can only be a cake at Thanksgiving or some type of holiday dinner where there are other desserts available because it yeah. can never be the central dessert. I feel like it's a popular like luncheon dessert. Luncheon? Yeah, if you like go oh, to like okay. a lunch, you know, like a right. like a speaking engagement right, or like right. and the, the, the personal yeah, the personalized slices that each have their own carrot right. paint. Good one. It made like Good it's one. too heavy for like a real cake with fondant and all this like you know crazy <laughs> fillings. So like, here's carrot cake. It's like it's like brunt, the brunch of oh, desserts. Also, how arrogant is carrot cake that we constantly <laughs> need to be reminded that it is a carrot cake? Like we don't just, I don't know, explode a line of chocolate on top of chocolate to make everybody know. Like, you have to have the painted on carrot on every piece or every carrot cake. It's kind of like Prince being the symbol. I'm I'm not I'm not a cake guy by trade. I'm a cookie guy by trade Me or too. a pie guy by trade. But if I'm going to do a cake and I see the carrot cake, I'm like, move on. It's just... Okay. All right, relax, guys. I'll save the Please. calories. Relax. I mean, yeah, if I want something sweet after lunch or after dinner, which certainly happens quite a bit, and there's chocolate chip cookie, there's blueberry pie, there's chocolate cake, and then there's carrot cake, mm. it would be anything else besides the carrot cake. The yep. only time I would indulge in carrot cake is if it's the only dessert option. Sometimes even then I'd be like, you know what? This is a I'm gonna make a conscious effort to save the calories. I'll get a frosty on the way home. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Are we missing anything with with carrot cake? Did it serve oh, a purpose? No, 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 no. It's a real question. Does, does it, carrot cake enough? Does it serve uh, a purpose for like allergies or anything like that? No, no. It, some people like it. All right, relax. I'm asking enough. an honest question here, Pete. Is it Matt, Dave Matthews doing another encore? Hey, I, just, uh, just stay for it. Hey, three hours is enough last oh, night. Relax. I need a break. Dave Matthews. If there was ever a topic I would guarantee took place like this, it would be Pete being the lone defender, <laughs> emotionally so, of carrot cake. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't <laughs> want to get diabetes the, uh, eating eating dessert. See, that's no, what I was but, just but, asking. No, but this is where he's fooled. This is like me thinking oatmeal raisin cookies are healthy. Carrot cake is not healthy. No, I, I, I don't like an overwhelming uh, chocolate cake uh, for the dessert. Well, that's that's just me. That's just me. I like, I, I think carrot cake's light. It's it's something that's 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 nice. I can pair with something else. Pete's the guy that argues with the baker about where all the mince pie is ahead of Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I just quickly googled calorie count in chocolate cake or carrot cake. Carrot cake, 118 calories per slice. Chocolate cake, 352. <laughs> So nearly triple. Well, and you know that 352 is what they slice should be. It's not <laughs> yes, the slice yes. that they serve you. So you're definitely getting 700 calories in the slice that's dropped on your plate. That's right. Thank you. Finally, third clip comes to us from the After Hour Show with Amy Lawrence. Here's Amy and her producer, James Baccioni, discussing a fellow employee that might be asleep at the wheel. Did I not... Stand outside the control room. I, I wasn't here in studio, but I was standing in the hallway next to the control room. And I was signaling to you. To, and actually, I was I was speaking quietly, even though the control room was supposed to be soundproof. I'm signaling to you to come look. Come look because 
one of the other producers was asleep in the control room. It, it no, appeared. no, no. He was asleep. No, he was. I could see that his eyes were closed from when I was here in the studio. And then I walked out to say, JJ, come look. His feet were up. First of all, his shoes were off. What have I said oh. to you about your shoes off in the control room? Well, actually, I didn't know that fact. And I'm... Yeah, his where shoes his were off. Were. His stocking feet were up where your hands are oh, right now. That's great. <laughs> that's good. His stocking feet were up on the the control console. Ah, nice. You better wash your hands. And he was leaning back, way back in another chair. And he was in the middle of an opening segment. Presumably, it wasn't actually the regular host. Oh, now I'm I'm narrowing it down. It was a fill-in host. I'm not sure if the fill-in host put him to sleep. I'm not making any accusations. Only that it appears he had fallen asleep on the job. Oh my goodness. What is happening around here? <laughs> what is happening? I blame Maraz for Feet Up Friday. Yeah. Amy comes on overnights so she follows the jr sport brief so what we are saying and jr is usually doing it from atlanta our studios are here in the big apple so what we're saying is there was a fill-in host for jr and the producer on the other side of the glass kicked off their shoes propped up their feet on the control board leaned back and fell asleep while running the show while literally pressing the buttons to get the person on the air? It should be noted that James Bacioni kept, maybe he was trying to defend this person, kept saying, no, they were lounging, not sleeping. And Amy was hammering home, no, they were sleeping. I, I don't care. Shoes are off, feet are on the control board? <laughs> you can't do that. You want to know who <laughs> You want to know who the host was? Yes. <laughs> don't say it's Jody. Don't tell me. Don't tell me it's Jody. It was Jody. Oh, the disrespect! <laughs> the disrespect! Oh, I hope he was awake to Cole Flatter. <laughs> <laughs> That's awful. The shoes off is unacceptable. That's uh, you can't put your feet up on that board. Hump. And then take your shoes off and put your feet up on anything. Desk, board cubicle well who, what type of heathens do we have working here on it's, your back it's like embarrassing you're at work you should never take your shoes off you should never put your feet up i don't care if there's a backup hose have a little respect for your work yeah yeah uh pete my assumption is you didn't hire this person right <laughs> no okay <laughs> the best part about this was that as we we're playing the clip pete immediately pivots to his schedule computer and starts looking at who was on the schedule last night. <laughs> <laughs> I went right to the clicking. <laughs> I want to say something really, maybe potentially weird here. No, it wasn't Shep. No. Shep, Shep would not be disrespectful like that. Unless Shep was angry that he wasn't filling in for JR. Mm -hmm. And it was a little no. bit of a... It wasn't disrespect no. at Jody. No. It was disrespect at the machine. Don't tell me this. Mm -hmm. I, don't tell me this. I've had Shep's back for months, if not years now. I have made a complete 180, and I go to bat for Shep every time I can. I love the guy. Don't tell me that he kicked off his shoes and put it up on a board during a Jody Beck show and lounged with his shoes off on a control panel. Don't Again. tell me that. I don't want to believe that. Don't tell me that. Don't smear his good name. I'm not naming names. 
and I'm not pointing fingers because I didn't hear, I didn't witness it. All, all we were doing is playing back a clip of Amy and James talking about it. All I will tell you is Jody was the only non-full-time employee working on certain shows before Amy's last night. Hmm. Certain shows before Amy's. Well, there is only one show before Amy's show. <laughs> There's a very particular show that airs. Well, Gelb yeah. and Hickey were in last night. I'm just saying, if you took the night full-time crew. Right. All the regulars. All the regulars were there except for JR was out and Jody Mack was in. So and, and Zach wouldn't be in the studio sleeping. Yeah. In that studio sleeping. Well, Zach wouldn't be over there. Right. Hickey would be over yeah. there. Yeah. What the hell did you just say to me? Mm. Yeah, maybe some people were annoyed that Jody was hosting and not them. I don't know. Wow. I should remember that move in case Pete named the uh, PGP host. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. We're toasting to the good life. I feel alive. Ah, ah, ah. We are feeling good and doing well. How many beers ago? Uh... Probably a thousand. It's the DA Show's Thirsty Thursday. Celebrating with some booskies. All right, everybody. It's time to toast to the good stuff. Mraz, who are you toasting to? Uh, this one's a city toast. I'm toasting to Boise because on my last week here, I've thought about this a lot, all the good stuff that's happened over 10 and a half years working with all of you. And I really, really believe that I would never have experienced anything like I experienced those four days in Boise if it wasn't for this show. And it opened up my eyes. Those people there... And look, all of our affiliates, you guys are so great, but that experience I got to have, with all due respect to Boise, and they would appreciate this, they're not your typical vacation spot. I likely would have gone my entire life without seeing that city, meeting those great people, and just experiencing all of that, and it's probably my best experience I've had in ten and a half years, so I want to thank Boise for having me out there. That was such an awesome, awesome trip. Toast them. Hashtag toast them. You thought it was a two-hour drive past Cleveland. I did. was way wrong. <laughs> a lot of connections. <laughs> Folks, who are you toasting to? Uh, DA, my toast, uh, it's a proxy toast. Um, the kids of Tuscaloosa mm. and Peoria and Portland, and really the youth of America, asked me to toast their Sean for setting an example across this great country of how to get arguably your dream job. Mm-hmm. Barely trying for it. Never to have a plan. You don't need to go to school. You don't need to have a career, a direct career path. You can make a sandwich here, go to college for seven years and not become a doctor. It's not a straight line to the end. And that's an important lesson. You don't need to pick your career at eight or 18 or 28. You just keep showing up, feed up Fridays, emergency Pop-Tarts, whatever it may be. But if you're just there, you're going to fall forward into some amazing things. And it's a, it's a lesson that you don't always hear. So they're very thankful that Sean presented that for the last 10 plus years for them to follow and hopefully, you know, become the next him somewhere down the road, maybe in Tucson. Toast them. Booskies. Beat the body. Who are you toasting to? Uh, yeah, I'm toasting uh, Mraz for exposing me to a new version of the English language in, oh. in the last few years. Uh, I never knew some words existed that have come out of his mouth, uh, and uh, I, I'm better for it. I'm better to know uh, to know Sean for all that knowledge he in, in, he gave to me over the last uh, few years, and uh, and thank you very much, and thank you for leaving tomorrow because I want to get my life back after this after this wow. send off to you. So booskies to you, booskies. Uh, I am toasting to the Mraz way of 
hey man, just let it be. Because maybe I needed a dose of that along the way. You know, I came here after a 10-year career in radio, nationally syndicated, in New York, big company. I said, we got to do things this way. Precision, culture, repetition, label, organization, book, work. This is all the tenants that I had been driven by and molded by. And I was paired with a, a young man that was just like, man, just let it be. Let's just pop on the microphones and and eat something. Let's just pop on the microphone and, and talk about just sitting on the couch. Let's sit on the couch. What? Labeling something, saving something. We don't need to bother doing that. Advanced thinking about the show. We don't need to do that, DA. Just relax. Let's just eat. Let's eat and fart, and let's fart and eat. <laughs> let's laugh and fart and eat in some order, and that'll be good enough. And as I watched Merez's star rise through the company, I realized maybe he's onto something. And so now, after 10 and a half years, perhaps I've taken a page out of Merez's book. Maybe I'm the one that's getting fat. Maybe I'm the one that just wants to fart and eat. Maybe I'm the one that just wants to laugh, fart. And he toast to Mraz's lack of work ethic and his laissez-faire, let life just be type of attitude because it's rubbed off on me. Booskies! It's the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. Well, it wouldn't be the farewell to Mraz if we began a segment that had everything to do about him and he wasn't here for it because he's in the bathroom. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I was just in the bathroom using the urinal, washing my hands, talking to Gio. Mraz comes in behind us. I'm back in studio ready for the return of the segment, which again has to do with Mraz, and he's still in the bathroom. So nice. Oh. Real nice. Oh. All right, you could always watch the show. On YouTube and on Twitch, as well as WatchDA.com. We haven't even gotten the food yet. We have It hasn't even come yet. He's having, he's having a rough uh, time with the plumbing. <laughs> the deep breath. Now, he here, now he's here. He swings open the door holding his stomach. As he wears a burger shirt. I had a little issue. Yeah, I could tell. I mean, the segment is about you, and you were in the bathroom for the start of it. That was not the plan. I didn't. I went in there with one intention, and another intention shook out. I see. <laughs> okay. All right, coming up this hour here on the show, stunned to a news, and the Vols grabbing five-star guys... Next hour, mystery guests and mystery messages. It's also a Thirsty Thursday, so we're toasting to the good stuff. Hit us up on Twitter with your toasts, DA on CBS. Again, DA on CBS. 
Northern Thick Scaly Boy says, I'm actually from Tucson. Toast to my son, Tyler, who turns one today, born three months preemie, but feeling good and doing well now. Well, I feel good and I'm doing well. Hashtag Formula Booski. Hashtag Toast All right. Tyler tweets, I'm toasting to the show, mainly Murad, the story of a plumber in his new house got me listening to the show. Now I'm a diehard. Wish him the best of luck. Hashtag toast him. And Kyle in Arizona. I'm raising a glass at a call for a toast to the thictator, Detective Milkshake, the buffoon himself, Mr. Mraz. I will try to endure all the lame NY sports talk down the hall because I know you'll make me laugh. Congratulations. Booski. Thank Hashtag you. Hashtag toast It is time now for mystery guest number one. From the compound, Casa Amendolara, standing by for her first appearance on the DA show, the Bourbon Bell. How are what, you? What a sign of disrespect to start off this segment. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, Sean, I mean, I don't know if you've taken note that I haven't reached out since hearing the news. I... You know, the, I assumed you were yeah. busy. By the way, congrats on being a mother. I assumed you were very busy in that realm. Well, in in all uh, in all truth, I was really waiting for you to reach out to thank me for this opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> fair, very fair. So yeah, let's be real, Sean. Let's take a trip down memory lane. Remember those overnights with DA? Those dark, demanding times when sleep-deprived DA was just berating you with what an unprofessional slab you were? Um, yeah, it was a very different DA for sure. It was a different DA. It was a dark time in your life before I came along, Sean. You said it yourself. The Bourbon Bell made DA a happier human. The Bourbon Bell saved my life because she saved DA's cranky life. Yes, that is for sure. A hundred percent. I mean, if you think about this, like, you were once annihilated on the air for wearing sweatpants. And in recent years, you've gotten away with writing the topic sheets drunk and misquoting me as saying my husband was a cancer on his own radio show. Forgot about that. Not a misquote, a misunderstanding of the term cancer. And when I introduced Rosie the cat into Dame's life, you're laying oopsies on the air. And you're during vacation hosting the DA show, which has undoubtedly led to this new gig of yours down the hall. You know what? That's true. You've approved a lot of those summer Fridays and taken them up to Rhode Island. That helped me for sure. A hundred percent. And now, Sean, I just gave you the ultimate gift. I gave DA a son. I mean, in the next round of contract negotiations, you probably could have landed your name on the marquee. Now <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now you say it, you know, maybe you're right. <laughs> yeah, now that now that would have been a promotion, okay? I, I do have to say, yeah, the overnight DA definitely was anti cats and babies on Instagram. So you really did change him, the yeah, Bourbon yeah, Bell. So because now he's pro cats and babies, he became maybe pro me. So that's good. And he didn't just annihilate me for, you know, having a near oopsie just now and I was late to your phone call. A hundred percent. I mean things have things have changed. Things have changed. But 100%. you know, 
Well, you definitely have me to thank. I do have to thank you as well, because there are a few things that have worked in our favor over the years. I mean, living far enough away, so you only destroy my bathroom once a year. (laughs) (laughs) What an honor. (laughs) That's that's a really good thing. And, you know, you've always uh, hustled oatmeal into the building for me through security for DA's birthday. That's always been a plus. Yeah, you're good at smuggling food. But... um, but in, in all seriousness, um, I really do thank you for making me laugh each day because I do listen to the show every day. And you've supported my business. You've welcomed us into your family. So I wanted to leave you with a little words of wisdom as you go down the hall. And to always remember, they can take the morass out of the DA show, but you can't take the morass out of Sean. So congratulations and go earn that Mraz money, big boy. Buy oh. lots and lots of candles with it. <laughs> I love that. I love. Thank you so much, the Bourbon Bell. That was that. This is the biggest surprise. I have to be honest. The biggest surprise so far this week is your call-in. So I really, really appreciate it. And thank you. I'm not sure I would have made ten and a half years if you didn't come along uh, and give him multiple <laughs> weddings, by the way, which was really good. Yeah, but you only have to go to one. So That's you true. That's true. That's true. Thank you so much, and thank you for keeping my dining room smelling really good. <laughs> thank you, gentlemen. Okay, see you later. The Bourbon Bell. My wife joining us this morning here on the show. That was nice. I am so ashamed that I was late for that. <laughs> of course Like, of, I didn't see that coming. The best thing was, as she said the other day, she goes, so, so what's the rest of your week look like? On, in the in the show, so I mentioned it, and she said, "Do you mind if if I call in to to say some things to to Sean?" And I was like, "Oh, of course, yeah, we can do that. Tomorrow would be good." So last night at uh, after dinner, we were discussing some of the memories, and she's like, "Well, what are the first things that like I remember about him?" And I was like, "Well, remember he came to the birthday in our apartment, and he destroyed the bathroom." <laughs> and she's like. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> Line of people knocking. Are you done yet? I had one little bathroom in my one little apartment in Brooklyn. We did a rooftop party, but the bathroom had to be used in my apartment. And Mraz just, like, didn't care. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to take this thing to town. Well, I, then, I cared. I didn't have options. And then everyone was like, whoa, <laughs> wow. And Neighbors moved. <laughs> in our little Brooklyn apartment where we were living. Just, you got evicted. Humiliating. <laughs> humiliating. Whose fault was that? I'm sure not yours. What <laughs> drug did you have? You know, Robitussin or Bad Wendy's? What was the the uh, precursor to that? I'll tell you what it was. was. A wheat pizza? It was all the rum that you had with Aunt Kathy. The cigars, <laughs> the rum. True. And we had uh, mixed cocktails out of the watermelon. That's true. Carved out watermelon. We had a cocktail out of that. This Colombian rum and my raspy voice from smoking cigars that I did not really know how to smoke. (laughs) (laughs) It was a bad scene. And now since I've gone to DA's house and he sends me to the bathroom where Rosie the Cat eats. So I I use the potty next to Rosie the Cat's dining room. Right to the litter box. You go to the litter box bathroom, Sean, and you like it. DA has all this lands of showing him just wander and go wherever he needs. <laughs> it is true. I've wandered through the house. Look, where where is he? Where is he now? Rosie's an inside cat. Sean's an outside guest. I follow Rosie around. What's cooking in this house? Let's see. <laughs> One other memory that that my wife had that I thought might make make the call but didn't was when uh, Mraz and Danielle and Taylor showed up 
the first year that was after COVID or something or the, the fall after COVID. I think it was that. And you guys stopped to get pie to bring over some apple pie. And Mraz took down a foot long <laughs> corn dog while waiting in line to pay for the pie. It was unique. <laughs> I was like, while well, DH cooking for me, we were cooking this whole thing. <laughs> we had all this food and Mraz couldn't wait to check out. So we had to eat a foot-long corn dog that was, I'm sure, delicious, by the way, because this was. place is amazing. It was great. <laughs> While waiting to pay for a pie, and my house was literally a mile and a half down the road. <laughs> the line was long. I said, can I just get one of those while I wait? I'll pay. <laughs> and he wanted to his plumbing's from the 50s. Yeah. <laughs> Emergency corn dog. <laughs> Emergency <laughs> corn dog. So good. Oh, It is true, though. Your transformation after meeting her is like, that's the stuff a 30 for 30 needs to be done on. Two different people. Really? She softened me. I needed it. I mean, you know, you, you I, we met when I was 36. I was actually there one of the first nights you hung out. Too, oh, yeah. At a bar after one of the shows. It was like March Madness or something. We went out, yep. a couple drinks, and yeah, there there she came. She came in. Yep, yep. Invited the Bourbon Bell out. You know, I was 36 years old, so I was certainly rooted in my ways and... uh Met a wonderful, beautiful girl that uh, loved pets and had a soft spot and had a big heart and uh, was nice to other people. And I fell in love with her and realized, oh, you know what? Maybe the dark side's not so bad. Maybe, <laughs> maybe babies and kids, maybe kids, babies, and pets are actually cool. You loved her so much, your father-in-law's a Patriot fan. <laughs> and talk about karma, right? Like, <laughs> I had to marry into a Patriots family. You're getting Tom Brady candles. Of all the things. Now, thankfully, they suck, so I don't get taunted anymore. But in the middle of their dynasty. The Pats or the Tom Brady candles? Uh, Tom Brady candles aren't scripted fragrance candles, let me tell you that. <laughs> but, uh, Just to clarify. The fact that the Pats suck has helped out my life a lot during in-law sessions. And he's not just a Patriot fan. You could have had me as a Patriot fan, father-in-law. That guy could kill you yeah. if you say the wrong thing about the Patriots. That's right. I had called up. I told the story at my wedding. Uh, I had called up my in-laws to ask if I can propose to their daughter. And um, I was a little old school in that way. I wanted permission. And so I called them up. And uh, my mother-in-law, Elizabeth, was delightful, of course. We love you, Damon. You know, We're so happy for you guys. My father-in-law said, Damon, I will tell you one thing, one thing only. And he has a thick Rhode Island accent. If you do anything to my daughter, I will find you, I will hunt you down, and I will put you in a hole. And they will never, ever find you. And I was like, ha, ha, good one, good one. And there was no laughing at the other end of the line. I'm like, oh, God. And so uh, he's the only guy that I know that has threatened to murder me, and I know would murder me. He's been and could. <laughs> and could. And could. He looks like the guy that hunts the Terminator. Sure, something Liam Neeson? Dude. Yeah, he's jacked. He works out all the time. He's in the police force. He's been a captain. Like, he's been a police chief. Like, he's... It would be the worst idea ever for me to do anything to disrespect my wife. He got Taylor an orange juice at AJ's baby shower. Okay, and just before even the audience knew DA was having a baby, I was at this baby shower. And it was the kindest moment that I was most scared at in my life. He just, with these strong hands, brings over this juice to my three-year-old. And he's like, here you go, darling, enjoy it. 
And I'm sitting there. I'm like, don't spill it, Taylor. Don't you dare spill it. Don't you dare spill that juice. Like, Save it for home. <laughs> you wouldn't make her drink it off the floor or something. You, know, you, you do 10 push-ups right now. Have that orange juice at home. That's fine. Take it on the road. Now, sweetheart, this is a very nice establishment. And you would not want to soil the floors that these people work very hard to clean. So I would advise you not to drop a bit of that orange juice. It's like Liam Neeson now. <laughs> when she asked for it, he just squeezed an orange yeah. in a cup. He offered to get the juice. It was so nice, but it was just an intimidating job. I'm like, oh, open God. up. No, don't drop it. Don't spill it. And he's one of those guys where he shakes your hand and looks in the eye and goes, good to see you. And you're like, yeah. is this intim- is supposed to intimidate me? Or are you thinking about murdering me right yeah. now? Are we supposed to have a beer right now? Or are you are supposed you, to punch me? You're really happy to see me? Or no? no intruders getting in that house. No. No. ABS headlines. And guys, so far so good for the co-hosts of the Women's World Cup. New Zealand winning the very first match of the tourney, 1-0 over Norway. That's the country's first win ever in six World Cups. Then Australia survived Ireland 1-0 as well. Day two begins with Canada and Nigeria at 10.30 Eastern tonight. At Royal Liverpool, it is the 151st Open Championship. Amateur Christo Lamprecht is your leader. In the clubhouse, a five under 66, two shots better than Stuart Sink, who is also done for the day. Jordan Spieth is three under through 17. Tommy Fleetwood at minus three as well. He has played 14 holes here in round one. Rory McIlroy and John Romtioff in a little more than an hour from now. NFL owners are meeting today in Minneapolis. The most important item on the agenda is approving Josh Harris's purchase of the Commanders, thus ending Dan Snyder's reign of embarrassment. The day after 12 teams scored 10-plus runs, nobody did, but there was still some offense. Abbott works on the third base side of the rubber. He sets at the belt and delivers the 1-1. Horner swings, drills one. Deep left center field. This could go. That's from Cubs Radio, Nico Horner's Grand Slam, capping off a five-run eighth, which got Chicago an 8-3 win over the Nationals. Arizona extended Atlanta's losing streak to 4-5-3. The Reds snapped the Giants' seven-game win streak 3-2. The Angels got their three-game sweep of the Yankees 7-3, and the Twins' six-three winners in Seattle. Marlins third base coach Jody Reed took a foul liner off his lower right leg yesterday afternoon in St. Louis. He now has a cracked bone in that leg. And back to soccer, Arsenal came across the Atlantic and smoked the MLS All-Stars 5-0 Ooh. in D.C. And that's our All-Stars? Mm-hmm. Ouch. And now, we're getting started. It doesn't take much to surprise this bouncing baby boy. This is honestly the most stunned I have ever been on the show to a news. The DA show is stunned to a news. A remarkable discovery in a place called China's Pompeii. Paleontologists. Astonishingly, astonishingly found a well-preserved fossil of two creatures intertwined apparently in battle at the moment the volcanic flow overwhelmed them roughly 125 million years ago basically freezing them in place one creature is a small beaked dinosaur 
The other is a... A moosh? Nope. I don't read books. Uh, it was a smaller <laughs> beaver-like mammal. And again, these two were not getting along. Amicalobi. Uh Paleontologists oh. believe the beaver-like mammal was attacking the dinosaur wow. when the... Cataclysmic? Cataclysmic? Lava arrived. If that conclusion is correct, it contradicts the bigger idea that dinosaurs ruled over every other creature... When they roam the planet, obviously there's no way to know for sure. There have been kind of um, fake fossils in the past, like arranged ones. Um, but they think this is real and they think that this is a, a mammal actually attacking a dinosaur in a rare kind of flip of the script. Wow. And it is hard to visualize a time when dinosaurs roam the earth with large mammals. But that did happen. There was an overlap there. Right. Then they all got wiped out. Mm -hmm. But this was well before man. You have to remember this, correct? Correct. Yeah. No man during dinosaurs. No, no. man, no pancakes. No pancakes. <laughs> but in a typical Mraz take, I ask you and I raise you this. <laughs> now, dinosaurs never existed with man, as we know. It was the prehistoric era. Okay? Thank you. Are we sure dinosaurs were as tough as we think they are in the movies today? Well, this would suggest if, otherwise. Yeah, if a beaver-like mammal could take a run at a dinosaur, we've seen beaver-like mammals now. And there's a reason they're around, right? The dinosaurs aren't. We have these dinosaurs, big scary Jurassic parks everywhere. Maybe dinosaurs weren't as tough as we thought, and they were just the only creatures in town. You know, played in an easy era. Yeah. Now, this is not a T-Rex being taken down yeah, this by is really small, a beaver. Small dinosaur, yeah. right? Okay, but if there was a big beaver, could it take down a big T-Rex? And the beavers also, much like my guess is a lot of what we consider small mammals now, probably then were huge. Like when you see the scale of those mammals from that era, they're enormous. They're like 10 times as as big as what we have now. So I think this beaver is probably bigger than the beaver you're thinking. It's of. a big beaver. It's a very big beaver. Leave it to beaver. It's an It's not funny. It's an extraordinarily large and vicious beaver. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. Luckily, you will not have to give out your the phone number of the station when you're over there because I'm sure you would give the CBS Sports Radio number I'll, a lot. I'll have to on week three, so be prepared. Maybe I will slip up. Oh, you're already hosted in there, huh? Uh, yeah, there's going to be a little uh, shift of roos and power chairs the first couple months. Or the first month. Oh. <laughs> Skipper Tim tweets, I'm toasting the Bourbon Belford, destroying Mraz on the air. Nicely done. If this was the Rome show, she would get a golden ticket and win the smack off. Booski! Hashtag <laughs> toast em. It did have a little smack-off flavor to it, which I liked. Bourbon Bell's a big Rome fan. She ha Okay, she yep. has the Rome in her. Yeah, she loves, she loves Jim. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. All right, time now for our next mystery guest. An integral part of the DA show, 2013 and 2014, handling the wheels of steel alongside Mraz on the other, other side of the glass, known for being the Kenny and Kenny and the Pooh Bear. And the perfect Philly antidote to Merez's very New Yorkiness. It's the great Kenny Brock on the wheels of steel over Zoom this morning. Brock, good morning. DA, what's happening, my man? How are we doing? Doing great, man. It's great to see you. And I'm sure that you'll be surprised to hear that last hour, my wife came on to send Merez her well wishes. And he was late coming back. To the segment because he was in the bathroom going number two probably had a little taco bell for breakfast this morning <laughs> so something to get the juices flowing <laughs> least surprising news ever this guy's got to go see ibs doctor he's got a lot of intestinal gastrointestinal issues also the guy who t- you read the tweet at the top of the hour who said good like thanks for all the years of great radio like what Mraz, great radio come on no offense da but uh you know Mirage sharding on air, crying on air. That's not exactly great radio. <laughs> Take us back to the early days when you first started working with this guy and you met him for the first time. What were your initial thoughts? Um, the same thoughts that I have today. He's a <laughs> big, dumb idiot. But he's a very caring guy. He's a really nice guy, but I'm like, there's no way this guy is going to move ahead of me. Like, they, they made a mistake. This is total disaster they just know him from new york and then here we are whatever 10 years later and this guy's making a lateral move over to wfan (laughs) (laughs) okay so i would say 10 years later you're not like how the hell did all this success happen to him you're like eh no big deal failing upwards it's a thing (laughs) listen he's a nice guy but he knows the right buttons to push. He knows that fans are passionate and he knows that they relate to, I won't say stupid. I'll say um, <laughs> blue collar takes. <laughs> blue you know, collar they, takes. Hard hat. <laughs> definitely a hard hat, Mraz. You should have been wearing a hard hat most of your life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now, remember how resentful people were early around the newsroom and around the network when Mraz started to get a little bit of fame and a little bit of attention for wearing the jerseys for wearing the remember jerseys yeah wearing like double extra small jerseys and everything there was nothing left to the imagination it's <laughs> like what are we doing we got this guy who played for the giants in 1987 and Mraz <laughs> is squeezing into a jersey from when he was four years old and it's like what are we doing here like is this this is a joke right and it was it was a joke who knew that that's what the show was going to be just a big bit about Mraz squeezing into small spaces like a sausage casing 
The show pony was always out for a trot, Kenny. Hey, listen, Sean, you would always get a text from me. Oh, the pony's out for a trot today. I see, you know, getting some sort of social media update. And they were just hitting that whip coming down the home stretch. The last seven years since Kenny's been gone, anytime a video went out of me, Kenny would just send me a gif of a pony trotting around in this little <laughs> circle. I was the jockey in American Pharaoh. Again, listen, again, again. He's got the electric stinger in the back of the whip, a little extra juice in it. Yeah, that was, uh, listen, Mraz, <laughs> you did all right for yourself, kid. There's no no denying that. You did, too. You look, at that, look at that wine rack you have behind you. That is some fancy, fancy stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's only the uh, the so-so stuff. The good stuff's off in the wine fridge. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny Brock joins us here for a farewell to Mraz. So we learned from Jolton Joe the other day that there was something called Feed Up Fridays. When I wasn't in and there were substitute hosts, Mraz and Joe D would just take off their shoes, prop up their feet, order pizza, and just press the Comrex button on as Jody Mack or Chris Moore would just go on and on for four hours. Did you guys ever do that when I was off? Um, I don't know if we would say feed up Fridays. We kind of, I mean, we kind of did it when you were hosting. Uh, when, you, <laughs> <laughs> when you would go to like, I think you're in Kansas City or something. And Mraz and I were kind of like, ah, he's out of town. And then something happened. I don't remember exactly what it was. Sean will remember. And you, you read Sean the riot act oh i know for the show and because you know he was like you guys your da you were like you got to take this more seriously and i'm like sean like go in there stand up for yourself yeah. tell da like we <laughs> sent him for the buzzsaw you took his head right <laughs> off. well you're confusing two stories i actually remember both of them oh, okay. the number one kansas city one was da didn't have a clock in front of him so we got on the end time, and DA thought he had like two more minutes, and he did. So we didn't have time to thank the station for hosting him, and he went ballistic yeah. on us. They were incredibly yeah. hospitable. They had the yeah. engineer there bright early. It's an hour earlier than than we are on. They opened up the doors. They did everything for us, and I was like, I just need to make sure I've got time to thank the station. And then the back time starts running, the music, and I'm like, what the hell, guys? You never gave me the back time that we're getting out of here. No doubt. And I will tell you the other one because I look even dumber now 10 years later. You guys probably don't even remember, but I remember. And this was the one Brock's talking about. I, like an idiot on Twitter, Kevin Burkhart's doing a giant game, like his first like football game he's doing, and he's getting names wrong left and right. And I take the Twitter, I'm like, leave Burkhart on the meds. He can't be doing football. He doesn't know any of this. <laughs> And DA tweets at me and, and basically says something to the effect of, you know, maybe we'd like to have Kevin on as a guest one day. You don't want to openly, you know, drag this guy on social media. And he tweeted, and right away, what did all my friends around the, oh, daddy's punishing you, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so I went, the next day we went to have the conversation, and I'm like, you know, it's ridiculous. He made me look bad, and Kenny knew what was coming. Kenny knew I was going to get sawed off <laughs> at the pelvis. And he goes, you go in there and you stand up for yourself. You're a man. You're not a kid. You go <laughs> tell Kenny. DA that what he did is not right. And Brock set me up for Phil. I went in there. DA didn't talk to me for a week after that. I was obliterated. Uh, it hey, should listen, be noted as we And now he's calling Super Bowl. Yeah, he called the Super Bowl. <laughs> 
If we could get Burkhardt on the show, we'd be thankful. We'd be lucky to get him on the show. Lead voice on Fox. But the Mraz meantime is just trolling him as an executive (laughs) producer on a syndicated radio show of a guy doing a play-by-play on network television. But, yeah, I was very immature in hindsight. You were absolutely right. But Brock Brock sat there and wanted me. To get crushed. <laughs> and just to add to those feet up front is Brock, you can relate. I think it's no problem revealing this story. You're gone. I'm about to be gone. There was one night Jay Berman filled in, and we did an hour of phone calls called Not Here, Not Now on Going in Your Pants. <laughs> is that when he farted on it? Yes. And it was this whole thing. And this guy called from this, talking about how he had escaped jury duty. And yeah. uh, we were sh- we proved that bosses didn't listen because we all probably would have been fired after that show. <laughs> well, and then there was the whole... Was that with Berman where we did, or was that with DA? I think you were out, Mraz, and I was cutting the, um, what's the end of the show thing called? The Epic Fail. The Epic Fail. Epic Fail. And I did an EAS (laughs) turns in there. Oh, God. And it was very funny because it worked out. I mean, the, 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 the bit was funny, but I got a call the next day from our boss like, Kenny. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, that, the, the network <laughs> melted down. Legal, Alan yeah. from Legal. We had got corporate involved. meetings. Everybody had to meet because of Brock. Brock, I never got. I only got a call from Spitz. So I mean, you know, you Brock, call me. It's I got an email though, like eight o'clock in the morning. Kenny, call me. I'm like, bro, I just got off the shift. I'm going to bed. What do you want? <laughs> Turns out, <laughs> Brock, Brock came to us from WIP in Philadelphia, where he was a board engineer, a board op producer, etc. Came here to the big city, New York, network radio, and was hungry. He was he was driven. He was hungry. I always related to Kenny Brock. I always really liked having him on the set because he knew good radio. He knew what was schlocky, lazy radio, and he didn't want to do that. He wanted creative and good and, and wanted to be great. And then here was Mraz, and he was paired with Mraz, who couldn't care less, was as sloppy as sloppy could be back then. (laughs) Just had no work ethic and no drive and no, just was like, whatever, whatever is whatever. And that was, to me, like the brilliance of you two guys, because you, Brock, constantly resented the fact that Mraz was so not ambitious and yet kept succeeding in the position. It didn't make sense. It doesn't, it still doesn't compete with my brain. I'm like, <laughs> listen, I'm here. I'm working like a dog. Um, I'm working the overnights. I took five grand less than they said they were going to give me. I'm like, whatever. I'm living in New York, living on pennies. But like, I'm here because I'm going to, you know, keep, you know, grinding and, you know, whatever. And then I meet this kid. And the first night I'm like, all right, like, maybe he's just like a little off. I don't know. <laughs> and then like a couple of weeks working with him, I'm like, no, he's like legitimately dumb. Like what, <laughs> what do the bosses see in this kid? And why is he? And uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to say I resented him, but it definitely added to the dynamic in the, uh, in the control. But room. you were always, you were frustrated by his lack of work ethic, his lack of care about his body. You were constantly annoyed by that. I was annoyed by a lot of things, but yeah, his lack of work ethic, cause he would go out there in the, you know, he would show up a little bit late. I'd have been there, you know, like cutting stuff for the show that night. And he kind of strolls in with his belly and he's eating a sandwich and he's waiting for the show to start. And he's like, yo, Brock, uh, what do you think about this and this? And I'm like, I, I'm going to punch this guy in the face. This is going to happen. I'm going to get fired for punching my coworker. But I didn't. And, you know, you did. I did. Brock has gone on to great things with video production, behind the scenes, sports production, film, editing, etc. So uh, 
he's he's a great success from the DA show roots here on CBS Sports Radio, but the dynamic and then Philly and New York was always so great between you guys. You guys were doing yeah. always fighting about the Giants and Eagles. Yeah. And that's how we led to throwing bat- the, the battery bet where I'm winging batteries and Brock actually got hit in the hand pretty hard with the battery stuff that attends. Because it was ball. a Rangers Flyers. Yeah, again, another bet the bosses had no idea we were doing. And then, of course, when I cried about Jeter, it was Brock playing up the music and losing it and couldn't take me seriously. Between what? the Jeter and the Cal, I think I was more ashamed of you for the Callahan thing. <laughs> he's, my, he's my captain. I'm like, what? It's hockey. Shut up. Like, what are you talking about? Uh, yeah, dude, you were, and then we would get the, like the traction online for going viral and it'd be like on the big lead or another website. And I just looked over at him and I'm like, this is so stupid. Like, <laughs> and then I think that's what I knew. Like society, societally, we were in trouble. I'm like, this guy keeps getting traction for being like a big, dumb crybaby. And here we go. <laughs> but listen, man. Congrats on the lateral move. <laughs> lateral move. What, what? I mean, most people would die to go from a locally produced radio to a nationally syndicated show. Here you are going reverse and you're not even hosting. You're still producing and you're filling in because the other guy went to overnights. So then if you follow the, tra- you know, the trajectory here, if McGonagall. You read the wrong press pumped, release, pal. That's what I'm going to tell you. You read the wrong press release. Well, what what show are you going to? I'm going to that show. My name's not on it, but I am hosting. Yes. Oh, oh, you're going to your name's not on it, but you're hosting. Yes, yes. Uh, I know, I know. Huh? I know, I know okay. how that looks. Yes, but yes, that's what's going on. Oh, uh, okay. No yeah, buttons okay. pushed by me there. No. Oh well, congratulations. Thank you. Button. You don't even push any buttons now. <laughs> I push yours. Right. No, dude. Listen. All right, whatever. I read the wrong press release. <laughs> this is how much I care. This is how much prep and research I did. I Googled Sean Marash, WFAN, to see where you were going. And then, we go. I Googled I, it. I got the wrong freaking story. No, I think you got the right one, Brock. <laughs> <laughs> Brock, thanks for joining us, buddy. All right, appreciate it, guys. Okay. Marash, good luck with whatever you're not doing. Later, <laughs> Kenny. Kenny Brock. Analytics is just a term that's kind of thrown around a lot. It's time now for the Mothership's Advanced Analytics. All right, everybody. Pete the Body loves carrot cake. The rest of us think it stinks. Yesterday, Nick Saban said he loves carrot cake at SEC Media Days. Today's question, what's the worst type of cake? Is it carrot or is it another type? And of course, if you were wondering, Raz spelled carrot incorrectly on the poll. Another cake. No. Other comes in at 62%. said carrot cake. Data says that carrot cake day is February the 3rd. That's the day after Groundhog's Day. Carrot cake is thought to have originated in England during the Middle Ages. Should stay there. And there was a boom in carrot cake popularity in the 1970s. For the poll question, Mraz spelled carrot with two T's. Two R's and two T's. Carrot only has one T. Oh, sorry. Promotion. (laughs) Promotion. I just tweeted out Kristen and Buffalo's picture that she drew of all of us and sent it here. So if you want to, if you were not able to see it on the simulcast, you can check it out on Twitter, on social media. I'll post it on 
Instagram as well. You could follow me there at Damon Amendo. Upside Down Mike is toasting to his buddy Mraz. Thank you for making my dopey Isles reaction videos part of the show forever and being a good friend. I know I'll be having a good time over at the boycotted station. Cheers, buddy. Best of luck. Booskies. Having a good time. Ah, ah, ah. I feel alive. Ah, ah, ah. A real good time. Dan, the moderate thinker, is toasting to the Bourbon Bell and the Baywatch reading. Best thirsty Thursday ever. Hashtag Booski. Hashtag Toastum. Booskies. Dan in Mechanicsburg, Booskies to the rumbling, bumbling, stumbling Prince of Oinks, Mraz. Thanks for the laughs and the memories. Hashtag, ooh, yeah. <laughs> Booskies. He made that hashtag. <laughs> Moist Pork says, one last toast to Mraz. Without Sean being Mraz, I'd be just another nameless fan of the show. Thank you for adding so much to my day. We'll miss you, buddy. Booskies. Now that is true. <laughs> Eat the body, bloody. It's me, Macho Dan, Randy Dan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mraz saw Moist Pork's real name on Twitter or on Twitch. One of them. One of the two, and it's Moshe Plotkin, right? Moshe, uh, Moshe, Moshe Plotnik? Moshe Plotnik, you're right. Yeah. Moshe Plotnik. And you simply blurted out, this is from Moist Pork. Now, that's not his name. Neither one of those. And then he just took it and ran with it. And now he's become a regular. And the nickname Moist Pork has stuck. Yeah. I think his wife's even calling him Moist Pork now. <laughs> Here is your epic fail of the morning. Perfect symmetry here. As we were going down the most interesting teams of the AFC, we got to the Houston Texans, and both Mraz and I thought that they drafted the other guy at quarterback. Even the DA show is not perfect. We know. Shocking. Here's the epic fail. Am I allowed to say the Houston Texans? You are, because I considered them. Okay, because I'm going to say the Texans because I know I'm going to see the number one pick in the draft in Bryce Young. With the first pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Carolina Panthers select. Right? No. Yes. Yes. Wait. No. The Panthers <laughs> had number one. <laughs> wait, what team's Bryce Young on? No, wait a second. <laughs> CJ Stroud is a Panther. No, wait. The Carolina Panthers select Bryce Young. Yeah, Bryce Young. Yes. yes, Bryce Young is a Texan. Oh, we're terrible. <laughs> you I had me freeze for a second. I'm like, sorry. wait a minute, is Bryce Young on the Panthers? No. <laughs> my bad. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> this just my happened bad. three months ago. <laughs> we spoke about it for a year and a half. No, Bryce Young is in Carolina. My bad. <laughs> Bryce Young is in Carolina. That's right. Carolina traded up for that number one pick, took Bryce Young, then C.J. Stroud of the Texans at two. My bad. I would have bet any amount of money in the last five minutes that Bryce Young was a Texan. <laughs> it's still crazy. Um, it's a blessing. Um, I'm super grateful to be here. Um, oh, forget the Texans then. No, no, because you get to see C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson. 
Okay, they went 2-3. And Will Anderson was the best defensive player in college football for two years running. Don't give me a Will Anderson take no, here. No, no. You have taken the Texans because of Bryce Young. Don't give no, me a Will Anderson no, no, crap no, no. now. No, no. I, oh, excuse me, my bad. Epic fail, you loser. That is why you fail. Epic fail. It's funny because if you think about it, the Panthers traded into that number one slot, and then the original story, remember, was they love C.J. Stroud. That was. And, and then that, that was the first imprint. And then that day before, all the Will Levis stuff broke. Like, they never were in love with Bryce Young. But either way, I had you dead to rights. You were taking the Texans because of Bryce Young, and you backpedaled so fast. Will Anderson. DJ Tommy D. I'm not going to get emotional like someone did when Jeter retired. But I will miss the chemistry every morning, and I just want to wish Mraz the best. My last gossip from Food Town is Bob the Deli Man is here saying goodbye. Hashtag cold water. Booskies. Does that mean DJ Tommy D doesn't tweet it to our show anymore? Instead, D- I get DJ Tommy D in the divorce? Sounds like it, which is not a win for you. I'd rather not get divorced. <laughs> I mean, that's really... Tomorrow is going to be a special show. It's the final show with Merez here as a full-time member, of course, as the days and weeks progress. We'll let Merez get his feet situated over there, but we're going to welcome him back for some stuff. But tomorrow, last full show with him. And so, really, a cast of thousands, plenty of, of guests, a lot of stuff to get to. So it's going to be one of those where you have to, you have to be in front of the computer watching or in front of your phone watching because, you know, you can watch, you can listen, obviously, in all the affiliates nationwide and north of the border as well as Sirius XM 158 and on both the apps. But you might want to pop up the Twitch or the YouTube app, especially at the final, the finale of the show, because, you know, you're going to want to see, I'm sure, the proceedings. But the entire day is going to be available, podcast form as well if you miss it. But we want you to listen to it live on hundreds of, of affiliates across the, the network. And uh, and also, as I mentioned, you can stream us as well on all of those different platforms. So, should be a big show. I'm very excited about it. There has not been any tears yet. So, will we break that streak tomorrow? Find out. It's the final mystery. Thanks to Sean Mraz, executive producer. Thanks to Pete the Body Melodio, the Wheels of Steel and Audio Director. Thanks to Andrew Bogish on your headlines. Thanks to Andrew Kaplan, the Wizard of Watch DA. It'll be a target demo Friday as well, so a good chance for your final salutations to the dictator. Be good and be good to one another. I'm DA. We'll see you tomorrow. The Mothership disconnects. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 